Welcome back to The Ron Show for Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. We're on the back half on the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com. I'm your host, Ron Roberts. Website, RonShowATL.com. Phone number, 404-913-2725, at RonShowATL on Twitter. And you can email me directly, Ron at RonShowATL.com. If you uh, are with an organization or a candidate or a, or a cause group or anything like that that you'd like to have some time on the show, as you can hear, I usually have plenty of time because I can just go on and on about just about anything. Hey, I do want to dive into some data real quick. I thought it was pretty interesting here. Uh, looking at some uh, early vote numbers so far uh, with what more than, is it more than seven and a quarter percent of registered voters already voting so far? We are looking at a, uh, a clip of 4.2% uh, black Georgia voters have already voted that did not vote in the November 8th election. Let me repeat that. 4.2% of black Georgia voters who have already voted in the runoff didn't vote in the November 8th election. 9.9% of Asian American voters didn't vote in the general, have voted in the runoff. 3.1% of white voters that didn't vote in the general are, uh, are voting in the runoff. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Of the folks that have voted in the runoff, 4.2% of black Georgians didn't vote in the general. 9.9% Asian voters who voted in the runoff didn't vote in the general. And 3.1% of white voters voting in the runoff did not vote in the general. Here's another one. 22% of voters under 30, uh, 30 who have voted in the runoff didn't vote then. More than one in five of those who have voted under the age of 30 in the runoff did not vote in the general. 6.6% of voters between the ages of 30 and 39, and 1.3% uh, of voters over the age of 65. So now, I mean, we're only talking about uh, 20,000 new voters at this point. Could be enough to make a difference in a tight race. Curious to see where that uh, batch of new voters break uh, left or right or split down the middle or some lean slight one way or the other. My hunch is, my hunch is that these 20,000 so far new voters saw how close this election was in the general and says, oh, no, wait, hold on. Cannot allow this to happen. You know what I mean by this. I mean this. The other night I was watching this movie. I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Sweet Night, or sometimes type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people. Or not. But I'm telling you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Do you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I want to be a werewolf. You gotta have faith in this country. You gotta have faith in this in the elected official. And right now, that's the reason I'm here. Nor maybe I mean this. Since we don't control the air, our good air decided to float over to China, bad air. <laughs> so when China gets our good air, their bad air gotta move. So it moves over to our good air space. And now we gotta clean that back up. I see men like Herschel Walker, like Donald Trump, like Elon Musk, and I see how powerful they are for reasons not of intellectualism. I mean, I'm not saying that they haven't made savvy, smart decisions to get where they are, although in the case of Elon Musk and Donald Trump, they were born into wealth, benefited from the wealth insulated by the wealth against their own wrongdoings and misdeeds 
their margins for error far greater than those margins for you or I. And then you have gifted folks like Herschel Walker, athletically gifted. I was somewhat gifted when I could play the trumpet, grades 5 through 12, all district, all state, alternate, blah, 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 blah. But obviously that didn't, <laughs> I couldn't parlay that into, you know, fame. We all have gifts, don't get me wrong, but Herschel's gift packed an 80,000-seat stadium and netted him tens of millions of dollars in USFL and NFL football contracts and endorsements, of course, with that. I'm just wondering, where did we as a country go wrong when it comes to gravitating towards famous people as political leaders? Not because they're smart, not because they have the best ideas, but because we view them in a celebrity lens, or they're ridiculously wealthy, so surely they are a success. In what realm do we measure success, though? Show me a man or a woman who came up in a poor or middle-class household and overcame obstacles galore to get where they are and are successful, either by wealth or by craft, political or otherwise, to me, that's a success. Elon Musk, raised in apartheid, in a wealthy family, parlayed his portion of that wealth into other endeavors. I mean, he's not personally building rockets for SpaceX. He's not personally designing Tesla electric vehicles. He didn't personally design Twitter, although one could argue he's personally dismantling it. But that doesn't make him a legend. A mind of the millennium. It doesn't. The same can be said for Donald Trump. Oh, Donald wasn't born wealthy. Yes, he was. Yes. By any measure, if you were handed a million dollars, would it not change your life forever? Would you not be able to parlay that into some semblance of a successful life? Could you not? And even if you failed miserably, as he did, <laughs> six times with four companies in bankruptcy court, but you had that wealthy family to always go, go back to or fall back on, and you had all those wealthy contacts there to prop you up again, could you not make it work somehow, some way? Of course you could. But where did we get to a point where, oh, that guy, I know his name. He was really good at running the football. How did that become our measuring stick for deciding that person should serve in one of the highest offices in the land? How did we watch The Celebrity Apprentice for a few seasons and think that the figurehead of a reality TV show would have been a great president. And then, <laughs> and then get the hot mic moment on the bus 
thanks to Access Hollywood, to hear him say what he said about grabbing women and taking advantage of his celebrity status because they let him. And then thought, that's the man I want leading this country. It's a serious question warranting some serious discussion and consternation. Because we're on the cusp of getting out of that recent, most vitally horrible decision made in 2016 to elect Donald Trump president. The Republican Party is trying all they can, believe it or not, to shed themselves of the horrible orange stain that is his legacy on their party and this country. They want to move on so bad. And yet here in Georgia, we're still in a runoff to shed ourselves of the grip of his influence. Maybe that's why we have 20,000 so far going into today. Voters getting up off their their tails and saying, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, I thought y'all had this. I thought this was a given. I thought we're, we're you know, I thought we were all on the same page here. These 20,000 new voters who were registered to vote in the general but didn't are showing up in the runoff to say, obviously, I, I can't leave this to you. Looking at us, those that did vote, I have to, I have to get in here and, and deal with this as well. Man, I hope that's the case. And I don't know that this is going to be a razor-thin margin. We're shattering early voting records. Lines are still long today, thank goodness. I mean, I don't like that the lines are long, but I like that a lot of people are waiting in line to vote in reliably blue metro Atlanta counties. And I believe Richmond County, uh, Augusta Richmond County set or nearly set voting records yesterday. Good. But I, I, I legitimately wonder, where did we get to a society where we just look at famous people who are either born wealthy or born gifted and turn that gift into wealth and think, I want them leading our country? And why do we revere them but abhor the, quote, lifetime politician? Why do we do that? I mean, I, I would prefer professional politicians who know the game, know how the sausage is made, know where the bones are buried. I really would. Now, I don't want to have that politician who came in as a pauper and came out beyond wealthy. Don't get me wrong. It should pay well. Not obscenely well, but well. It should. One of the reasons I, I believe that we're not represented, I mean, we as in just you, you and I, are common Joes and Janes, who live paycheck to paycheck or month to month or months to months at best <laughs> with what's in our bank account or savings. One of the reasons I think that we're not represented in office at the local, state, and federal level is because, well, at the state level in particular, the job doesn't pay well enough. If you live in extreme Southwest Georgia and you would like to represent your district in Atlanta, What's the gig pay? Like 12, 13, something teen thousand dollars? It's not enough. You can't live off of that. And you certainly, you certainly, in most cases, can't like just sideline your job for three months to come be a representative, can you? 
No, you have to be either somewhat wealthy, uh, own your own business and can just hire somebody else to do the work for you. In, in, in any case, you, you have to be pretty well off to represent people. And do wealthy people hang with not wealthy people all that often? Not really. Do not wealthy people hang with wealthy people that often? No, not really. It just, there's no, there's no congruence. There's no uh, commonality. So when you hear, you know, the well-off politician talking about, well, the American people are telling me, what American people? The folks you run with? Well, come run with us. Listen to us. Now, this is one of those things I think that, you know, the American people should pay more attention to. How successful are the people you deem to be successful in reality? How successful are they in reality? Donald Trump, in reality, was not that successful a business person. Do you know how he became a political machine? I mean, he was broke. He was down for the count. And then somebody at NBC Universal said, hey, let's get that guy and put him on a reality TV show. They bailed him out. They made him a household name again. They made him look like an authority figure, like a smart decision maker. Is this all making sense to you now? And all along, he was a fraud. He was a facade, a reality TV character who parlayed himself into a world leader because Americans don't look deep enough to see how successful or unsuccessful the people they revere really are. More on show after this on the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com. Hey, I want to share a bit of an email. My good friend and the first lender I worked with professionally in real estate, Greg Janicki, sent me earlier this week. Uh, Greg's a vice president and branch manager with a uh, first community mortgage and another proud cat dad, too, and a joy to work with should you decide to be a home buyer. Now, his email was written to real estate agents, but I think the message applies to tentative potential home buyers and income property buyers, too. Now, here's an excerpt that I wanted to share with you. Today's uh, WSJ prime rate hit 6.25%. When I entered the business, Greg's talking here, in January of 1990, the prime rate was 10%. That was my first year in lending, Greg says, and I made more money than any of my previous 16 years in the corporate world. People were buying homes, cars, appliances, furniture, and doing home renovations without fear of rates. Last month, more building permits were pulled than the previous month. On Tuesday of this week, that was last week, a seller in East Cobb accepted an offer of $80,100 over list price after being on the market a whopping five days. Although I, Greg says, could go on, you get the point. The fact is, real estate is alive, certainly not running at the pace of five months ago, but by no means stopped or dead as some newscasters are promoting. And he's right. By the way, I am an agent, Ron Roberts with eXp Realty. I am a realtor, and I'm here to help you if you have questions about buying or selling your home. Now is not a bad time to buy. Much better than it was for your parents and grandparents when we were looking at their rates from 15, 20, 40 years ago. It's also not a bad time to sell if you've got a property worth selling. And if you don't, got some issues you need fixed up, I've got folks that can help you with that as well. Hit me up at 843-283-0078 or email me ron at rononthereal.com. 
Georgia MLS 396-720.